If you've ever found yourself frustrated with the hiring process, pouring time and money into recruiting only to end up with subpar results, you're not alone. This challenge isn't just a minor inconvenience, it's a big expensive problem that can have far-reaching consequences for your business. And that's what we're talking about today on Experience Leadership. Welcome to Experience Leadership, a podcast that challenges small business owners and entrepreneurs, just like you, to dare to be the exception. Join our host, customer experience expert, Mark Haynes, as he uncovers relevant and timely content to help you script and direct your business and teams to create jaw-dropping experiences your customers and staff deserve. Here is the host of Experience Leadership, author of Lights, Camera, Action, customer experience expert, Mark Hain. Welcome to this episode. I am your host, customer and employee experience strategist, Mark Hain. It is so great to have you here for this episode. My guest today is the founder and president of Board Thinking Marketing. And today we will dive into how leveraging marketing principles can be the key to unlocking a world of talent and accelerating your hiring results. So if you're ready to put an end to the hiring headaches and start attracting the kind of talent that will rock your team and deliver high impact results, stay with us. My only ask is that if you know somebody who could use this information, please go ahead and share this link with them. And while you're at it, make sure you subscribe to this podcast. Many business operators and managers struggle with a common problem that's draining resources and hindering their operational growth. It's costing time and it costs money. When you are trapped in a cycle of ineffective hiring processes, resulting in you having to start over and redo your recruitment drive only to be let down again and again and again, well, something has to change. And that brings us to our question of the day. What processes do you have in place that's been working for you when it comes to attracting your top talent? What's not working? I'd really love for you to share your ideas and your experiences. Why don't you go ahead and share this episode on your favorite social media platform, hashtag it experience leadership, and put down your comments because I'd love for you to be part of this conversation. As I mentioned, my guest today is the founder and president of Forward Thinking Marketing and the author of a book, Forward Thinking for Your Business. With 17 years of experience as a marketing consultant, Jennifer Lehman has dedicated her career to uncovering strategies that empower businesses and organizations to expand their reach and amplify their presence. The outcome? Well, more customers, more donors, more employees, more of what they desire. As a former professional golfer, Jennifer understands that achieving desired results requires a precise approach, and this insight led her to publish her debut book, Forward Thinking for Your Business. This year, brand spanking new. <laughs> Known for her relentless problem-solving and innovative thinking, Jennifer specializes in crafting effective solutions for organizations striving to excel in their respective industries. Jennifer, welcome to the show. It is so great to have you. 
Thank you, Mark. I think I have another book coming after that introduction. (laughs) Well, let's start off talking a little bit about your brand new book. It's so exciting when we launch brand new products and books are just, they tend to be a passion piece, right? Sure. Tell us a little bit about your book. So I'll take a little bit of self-promotion time here. It's a book all about marketing. It's marketing like a desk reference for anybody in business or someone who is leading the marketing team. The chapters are very short, easy to read, easy to go through, and you can pick something up specifically to look at, including some of the things that we're going to talk about today when it comes to hiring. I love it. And, you know, I'm really loving this idea. Before we got, we went live, we were talking about how I love this idea of leveraging marketing principles and processes to use to leverage within our recruitment. Can you share any kind of specific examples of challenges employers face when they're trying to find suitable candidates, both in terms of maybe time and resources? Yeah, there is a lot of common belief out there and not that it's untrue, but it just seems to overwhelm the thinking process when it comes to recruiting. So I hear a lot of employers say, you know, people just don't want to work or I can't get people who are as loyal as they used to be or the advertising isn't working. They have these generalized statements. And when you sort of peel it back a little bit and you start with the actual job ad that is going out to attract people, there are some things that you can do in that ad that could change all of the outcomes together. So what you've just mentioned, you've kind of uncovered some of the common signs that businesses are struggling with their hiring process. And how do these symptoms really manifest themselves? I mean, it's one thing to say, you know, I people are lazy, people don't want to work and so on. But is there something deeper going on, do you think, within the context of what they're doing in their processes? Well, honestly, I think maybe they don't have a process to begin with. I think they are sort of hoping things will work, uh, throwing some ideas together, maybe pulling up a job description that some other company ran 20 years ago and or that they ran 20 years ago. I get that business owners and HR people and managers are busy, really understand that. But to do something fast versus to do something right, you're going to be better off in the long run and you're going to save more time in the long run. If you take a little bit of, carve out a little bit of time and put some purposeful thought into writing the job ad. Yeah, it's it's kind of like a lot of processes in business, like for anybody who's ever had to set up an inventory program, inventory system in your business. It's just, it takes hours and hours and hours, but what the time you save on the flip side, that investment is worth every minute. And so to your point, when this idea of kind of looking at processes and really taking time, even though we are busy, taking time to really develop those processes could pay huge dividends later on. And the good part of when you're writing job ads is that once you get a template down, you can just take out some information for an office administrator and put in information for a construction laborer or something like that. Once you have your template in place, it actually works fairly easily from that point forward. So right. it's it won't take you as much time as building an inventory system, I can promise you that. And it'll be much easier once you get the ball going forward. The other way that it saves time is that instead of having to place the same ad two or three times and getting mediocre candidates, you'll place it fewer times, you'll get better candidates, and then you will close that hiring period that hiring window quicker, and then you get on with running your business. Yeah. So I look forward to uncovering some of those strategies because I know what we're going to be talking about are some marketing strategies within the confines of 
placing recruitment ads and so on. But what happens when a business continues to rely on this traditional recruitment method that aren't yielding results? I mean, you you are constantly being, entrepreneurs are constantly complaining to you about what's going on and their frustration. What happens if they keep doing what they're doing and getting the same results? Well, more of the same results and more of the same. And I, I sort of relate it to being on a hamster wheel. So you do the same thing, you get a certain level of result, it's not what you want. So you do the same thing, you get the same result, it's not what you want. You have to get off of that hamster wheel. And a lot of it is just not knowing what kind of language to use, not knowing how to write the job ad to market towards someone who could be joining your business. It doesn't take a lot, but it does take a little bit of change. And once you do it, it's unbelievable, the results. I've seen them myself. I've worked with employers who've had them. It's game-changing. You know, it's interesting because that other side of the coin that you're just mentioning right now is that, you know, a well-executed recruitment strategy can positively impact the entire organization. Would you have some components to what would make up a well-executed recruitment strategy when it comes to posting and advertising for new employees? Well, I think there are some key things at the beginning, and that is really zeroing in on what it is that you're looking for from someone. So if you're in the recruiting sort of cycle, you can say, well, that's obvious. It's an office admin person. We need them to be able to do these three things. But look a little deeper and find out what kind of person works best in your organization. So it may be someone who is a lot of um, has a lot of ability to work independently. It could be a small business where there's 10 things on the go at any minute. So look at some of those soft skills as well to be part of the things that you want to emphasize in the job ad. If you need a person who is going to have to maybe help a small team in administration, or maybe if they're, you know, working as an electrician and there's a small team there then include that, that those are some things that you're looking for, because those things appeal to different people. And it's going a little bit beyond the traditional, here are the five criteria you need to have. Just go a little bit further and find out and really focus on the type of person that's best. Because if you've ever hired someone and you hired the wrong person, you know the cost and the time that that has taken when you've done that. So if you spend a little more... Yes. And the and potentially, you know, some really not great situations out there for sure. So if you take a little bit of time up front and you get that criteria down and and include the soft skills, they're so important these days. A lot of people are really missing some of those. If you include those things, you'll have a better outcome on the end for sure. I love that. When we come back, I'd love to delve into some more marketing principles that we can use to shore up our recruitment processes. And we'll get to that right after this. When the spotlight shines on your business, are customers applauding or yawning? In other words, how is your business performing? Make your business a star with the new book, Lights, Camera, Action, Business Operational Excellence Through the Lens of Live Theater by Mark Hain. Mark uses his business and acting experience to help you see your business like a live show so you can create a performance your customers will never forget. Buy Lights, Camera, Action today at your favorite online retailer or directly at markhain.com. Welcome back. I am speaking with marketing consultant Jennifer Lehman. Jennifer, it was really interesting because before our break, you were talking about getting to know kind of the applicants. How important, like in marketing, we create personas and we create avatars. 
Maybe can you talk a little bit about what that would look like in the recruitment process rather than in the client-customer attraction process? Well, I don't want to scare away too many people who think that they're going to have to turn in their HR uh, credentials for marketing ones. So let's just talk about it in some pretty simple language. You really want to look at what makes your best employees. What is the best fit? So I had a conversation with a woman who was the accountant for an HVAC company here in Ontario. And she sent me the job. She said, Jennifer, this is what we ran the last time in 2014 when we hired for this position. And it was your standard, we're looking for this here. You know, we want you to have good organization skills, have good communication skills, all this sort of traditional language that goes in every kind of old job ad. And I, and she said, you know, we've run it already before. We're not getting any results. So I asked her a couple of questions. I'm like, you've been with the company for a long time. What do you think is the greatest thing about working there? And she's like, you know, people say they have a good atmosphere. We really do. And she went into a couple of minutes on all the great things they did. So I wrote some of that down. Then I asked her about benefits and she said, well, we don't offer the traditional benefits. And I said, do you have flexible time off if there's an appointment, you know, at the end of the day, or she said, Oh, yeah. And in the summer, we only work till three o'clock on Fridays. Great. So there were all of these neat things that she was so used to. But for someone looking for a position to be off for the summer on Friday at three o'clock instead of working till five, that's kind of good. So we put all of this information down and I sent it back to her and I said, tell me what you think of this. And she said, Oh, my God, I want that job. So it worked out well because it got some of the things they take for granted into a print form where they could see, yeah, we do offer more. A lot of employers will focus on we don't have health and dental benefits, we don't offer RRSP, all the things that they don't offer. But that doesn't mean that they don't have things to offer. And they just haven't um, ranked them as highly as what they really should be. Yeah. It's as you were saying that I was thinking, you know, anybody wanting to start something like this, one of the first things they can do is do exactly what you just did with that with your client. They can actually go to their employees and say, hey, what do you like about working here and see what kind of keywords come out of that process in order to uh, that we can bridge into our postings? Yeah, your employees are a great source of information and ask them, you know, what kind of person works well here? If you've got a construction crew that's on the site, what kind of person works well with you guys? Because we want to make sure we hire a good person here. If you're in the office where a lot of offices are usually the busiest part of a business, what kind of person do you want coming in here? You know, what kind of skills do we need that maybe we don't have currently on the staff? If it's a leadership role, I mean, you need to take a little bit of time on that. What do you want that person to help when it comes to leading and driving and strategizing for the company. So that's where I go back to take a little bit of time up front, put some of those skills down on paper, sketch out the person, Mm -hmm. even if you don't have all the words for it right now. You know, instead of saying excellent verbal and written communication skills, maybe you need to say someone who's comfortable speaking with, with customers and explaining the problems they have with their car, if it's a service advisor role or something like that. Just go a little one or two steps further. I love that. Uh, so it is about breaking out the traits of the people that we want to hire as well, right? So, and then, you know, once we have, once the employer has those traits down, they can actually leverage that into the interviewing process as well to be able to test out capacity and competency within those traits. 
Well, and when you tell the applicant, these are the traits I'm looking for, someone who's comfortable communicating with customers, someone who isn't comfortable with that isn't going to apply. And a lot of employers say, you know what, I kind of, I'll take whatever I can get right now, but set your bar a little higher. Whatever you can get can lead to all the problems that we talked about before. Someone not staying with the position, the disruption with your current employees, having to go through this process again two or three months later. Take the time to get really focused on the person that you want. And don't put all your eggs on the criteria, the required qualifications. Think a little bit about what's absolutely necessary that someone can talk to customers and what can you train that they're adept in Microsoft PowerPoint or Mm -hmm. something like that. Mm -hmm. Really separate out what's really important and what's something that, you know what, we could train that person. I love that. In bigger organizations, now in entrepreneurs and small businesses, we don't have this luxury, but in bigger businesses, we have marketing departments and human resource departments as two separate and distinct departments. How did you come up with this idea of doing a crossover between these two departments? Well, you use marketing in a lot of areas of business, and it was really working with small businesses that kind of led me to explore that a little bit further because they don't have all of those departments. But when I've worked with large organizations that do, the HR viewpoint on recruiting is very different from the marketing viewpoint on the organization. So I worked with an organization, they employ about 110 different people, and the HR recruiter's sort of view of it was, let's list all the bad stuff about this job first, or the tough stuff, so that it weeds out the people who won't apply because they don't want to do those things. And I thought, oh, goodness, okay, every job has things that aren't your favorite thing to do. So let's include them if you want, but let's talk about them in a different way. And from a marketing perspective, we explored that with some of the members of the team. We got about 60 employees to give feedback. And those parts of the job that were not the most desirable parts, they didn't even phase the employees after they were there for a little bit. They got into a routine. They understood that was part of the job. It took two seconds of their time. They really didn't care. They were more focused on the things that got them impact and how impactful they felt working for this organization. So marketing can bring some benefits to HR and HR can manage the processes that are important and the way to say things and make sure that you're following all those rules. There's a good way for those two people to have lunch someday and talk about a job posting because they really could benefit. And in the end, Again, if you don't have to constantly recruit, if your recruiting becomes easier, if you're getting a better quality of applicant, that's a great outcome if those two groups can work together. Yeah. You know, my background being in hospitality and business operations, I've always looked at at my employees as being my first customer, I believe, yeah. as leaders, we're here to serve our, our customers. So going up to a marketing person and saying, You know, when you develop my marketing plan for my customers, can you please develop a marketing plan for my employees? Uh, (laughs) I think would be a really good, a really good step. Is there any, any aspects that you've come across within the marketing realm that really would not fit inside the box of human resources? 
Well, I think that can be a bit specific to each organization. And I understand when you are inviting some new thinking into how you have traditionally done the HR role or the recruiting role, you don't want to, you know, change a hundred things all at once. So I think if you have a couple of conversations just to sort of get the comfort level and, but really work on the language, the biggest tip, if you just only did one thing is how could you be attractive to the person that you want to come work for you? When you run a retail store, you have to present your store in a way that is attractive for a customer to come in. It's the same when it comes to recruiting. It's the same when you're looking for doing a fundraising initiative and looking for donors. It has to be attractive. If it doesn't look attractive, people aren't going to give it a second thought. So when you're putting that job ad together, instead of it being four pages long with 106 duties, of which many of them are just obvious, take a little bit of time, put a little bit of excitement in it, and talk about the things that are really unique. And I have a great example, Mark, when you have a minute, one more about an airport that really thought they had not much to offer and turned around and how it has worked six months after the hire. Let's talk about that. I think that's a great segue. Let's talk about that one example. I love case stories. So hit us up. Okay. So this was a small airport. They were looking for a laborer. So they had Uh, traditionally just sort of told some friends, put a little classified ad in the paper, laborer wanted, apply here. That's kind of the extent of what they did. They got a little bit more ambitious and wrote up 10 qualifications they wanted someone to have, including a radio operator's license, some airfield courses. Most of people would not have that. And then they said, apply here. So they went through that process, they got three applicants and none of them, none of the three were really worth pursuing, but they thought, you know what, this is the best we're going to get, we better try. So they onboarded one of those people, it didn't really work out, you know, a couple of months later, they're back in the same situation. So I sat and, and talked with them a little bit and the attitude at the time was, or the belief at the time, you know, nobody wants to do labor work, everybody wants to work at a computer. Nobody wants to, you know, work up a sweat anymore at their job. People, it takes too much time. I might as well just do it myself. Let's forget about hiring. Well, they only had two employees to run the airport. They needed more people. So status quo had to change. And I said that to the manager. I'm like, you can't continue this way. And he said, I know, but it's so frustrating. I don't even want to try this again. And I said, well, let's take a look at some other things. So we talked about what is so different about this kind of labor job. The first thing we did is we changed the title. Instead of laborer, we called it an airfield operator. That sounds a little bit nicer. It's still the same description of the job, but the title, that's unique. And that was a strength that we had in this situation. It's an airport. It was the only airport in the community of about 75, 80,000 people. That was our strategic advantage is this is a job that you literally will not find anywhere else in this area. So we put the whole theme around that job. We talked about the impact of the airport, about handling air ambulance flights and forest firefighters and and managing all of that and search and rescue teams. We talked about how exciting the environment was out there. Then we went into the duties. And one of the things that we said was, you will be an ambassador for this airport. That's what we're looking for. 
and understand we have high standards here, high operational standards, and we want someone who is equally committed to those standards. We took the 12 qualifications, we got rid of some of them, we took five that were necessary, and then all the other ones we said, we will train you to achieve these qualifications. And then we listed them. So now it's an achievement situation. And then at the end, and I have just a copy of the ad that we wrote here, we talked about what do we offer? And here were some of the things. It's a unique role. I talked about that. The compensation package, this organization didn't pay a lot. But what they did do was for full-time employees, they did a matching retirement savings contribution. So we mentioned that. They also agreed to increase the pay as people became certified in with the radio operator's license and other airfield courses. Career development. There is room to grow. As this airport expands, there's room to grow in this organization. And then flexibility. We operate seven days a week. We can accommodate schedules. So we put all of that together. We indicated that our staff were very proud of their work here. The ad ran for three weeks. They got 34 applicants and half of them could have been ideal candidates. So that was the great part. They onboarded some people right away. They hired more people on a part-time role than what they initially planned. But this is where it gets interesting. Now we're a couple of months down the road from that exercise. The morale around the airport is excellent. Everybody is focused on all the things they could do. So because now they have more people to help with the workload. The people who are there are invested in the job. They're excited about what's going on. And they're talking about their great experience in the community. The airport is also fundraising to repave the runway. So that positive word of mouth is impacting over there in terms of supporting the airport in another way. And now everybody's forward looking. They're looking to the future. They're looking at what they can achieve. And when you start to shift your focus from down in the dumps and nothing can happen and here's my terrible circumstance and you move it over to, oh my gosh, look at all the great, they're happy to be here. We're happy to have them. This is working out great. When you start going that way, stuff just lines up for you. You know, new contracts have come into the airport, all these things. It just opens up your ability to do more because you've, you've had success in this one area. People are so important. They are the ambassadors of your business. They're the ones who are going to generate people. They are going to market for you every day that they're working there. So whether they've been there 20 years or they've been there two weeks, you might as well get the most out and get the best people you can there. Yeah, I love that. And you know, what's, what's interesting about your process was once you started defining the persona of the people that the, the organization needed, all of a sudden you you defined what needs that persona has within the scope of being able to work for you, which I thought I think is brilliant because that's, that's the work I do. I, I talk about experiences that our employees go through milestones with us. You don't treat your first day employee the same way you treat your five-year employee. So that means that people do migrate through it. And so from that one case story, we've just learned that if you can look at it, look at what you can train on the onset and put a developmental program in for your employee. Not only do you have the employee in the short form, so you now have their hands, but now you have their head and their heart because they know you're going to invest in making sure they get up to speed with their credentialing and with their training courses and everything else. I think that's brilliant. 
you know, it would be the best thing if everybody loved their job. Because I think that would be, I would love to see the impact of that in communities all across Canada, North America, the world. There are really always some great parts about the work environment. And sometimes you just don't think it means that much. But today, for the airport, the unique one-of-a-kind job, the flexibility, and understand they still had a low per hour rate compared to competitors. They didn't have a health and dental benefits plan. There were all those things that they still didn't have. Today, they still don't have them, but they had enough of the other stuff that someone said, you know what, it's worth it for me. I want to do that. And someone moved from a major urban center to take that job. So, I mean, it really works. Yeah. This has been brilliant. Jennifer, Jennifer, if this is resonating with people, how can people get in touch with you if they need your help? So I have a great little handout here that kind of goes through the job description process and how some tips on how you can put that together. So if you're interested in that, or you just want to follow up with me, my phone number is 613-312-7824. That's also a cell. So you can text there too. The website is FWD as the short form for forward Frank Walter David, the word think T-H-I-N-K dot C-A. And my email address is on there too, as well as the socials. Love it. I absolutely love it. You know, I've been conducting workshops recently, and last Monday, actually, um, I was conducting workshops for teens on resume writing and interviewing skills. And one of the exercises that I use is I have them pull a job ad and look for keywords that help define the culture and the tone of the organization. If we flip that coin, we are now asking employers to use marketing principles to define who their next candidate job candidate will be using kind of that that same process, aren't we? You know, we are, and employers can play the comparison game a little bit too, and they can look at a great big company. There's always a competitor, no matter if you're even the biggest company, and say, oh, well, we can't ever compete with what they offer. So employers are doing that too, right? The hiring people are saying, well, we can't do this and we can't do that because we're not that big or we're not that established or whatever the we're not situation is. But flip that over, look at what it is that you do have. And that would be a great, you should do that with employers, Mark. You should do that exercise and have them go through and, and circle the things in someone else's job that they really like and then figure out a way to incorporate those into their job ads. That would be neat to know. Well, and you know, one of the, an interesting exercise that we did with the kids was one of the things I asked them to do is to put down all their experiences. And at first their pages were absolutely empty because they're looking at experiences as being, well, I don't have any working experience. And so the minute I started mentioning classroom time and working with other people on projects and, you know, the stuff that happens outside of school, hockey, soccer, football, all the different team sports, all the different interests that these kids have. And all of a sudden they had all these different experiences. And I said, okay, so let's take each one now and let's break out what the skills are required for you to execute those. And before you knew it, we had these massive lists of all the things that these individuals bring to the table. Well, as far as I'm concerned, I look at that and then go, oh, that's a persona exercise we've just created. (laughs) Well, and it's seeing outside of yourself, right? So back when you were talking about the HR and marketing kind of getting together, that's where marketing can help a little bit in a larger 
business or organization too, is HR's got the HR viewpoint. Marketing might be able to see it in a different way. And that's where some new things can be added or promoted or language used that can be game-changing. It really can make a difference. I also operate an online job board. I started it as a whole marketing project and it's been running for 15 or something years now. But I can see the ads and going back to that airport example, the first ad they ran with the limited information had about 300 views over 60 days. The one they had with the beefed up information had almost a thousand in three weeks. Wow. It makes a difference. People want to see that. I love that. You know, and before we got onto the call, you mentioned that you were meeting with a client and you they you were working with them and they turned around and said, well, do we have to tell everybody about all this information about the company? I know it, it. And it's a little bit of humble pie. I think that we that employers have a little bit. They don't want to brag. Right. You need to brag. You're marketing. You're trying to pull someone in here who's in another position or is looking, has lots of other offers. You're competing here for this person. Yeah. So put your best foot forward and tell them. Make it happen. We are a high, exactly. We are a high standard organization. We do awesome things here. We build stuff that's in people's homes around the world. You know, everything that they do, we make it possible when someone's furnace dies in the winter, we bring them heat. Like you tell the story. You've got to explain your impact a bit. Everybody wants to feel good. We spend the majority of our day at work. You want to go home and talk about how awesome the company is that you work for. And you think that doesn't happen very often. We talk about work a lot. So start that conversation before they've even signed their employment contract with you. And anybody tuning in, hashtag explain your impact. That's such a magical phrase because the minute you do that, it makes you different than everybody else. Yes. I'd love to summarize some of the marketing principles we've been talking about that we can use to bump up our recruitment efforts. And so we'll get to that along with some cautionaries. And we'll get to that right after this. Attention, meeting and event planners. Is your company or association planning a live or virtual conference, seminar, staff retreat? Are you looking for a fresh, energetic perspective on what it takes to put on a jaw-dropping experience for your customers or staff? Book customer experience expert Mark Hain for your next group event. Past participants have said, Mark kept us in stitches while teaching us how important and powerful actually designing our customer experience can be. Read more testimonials and find out how Mark can serve you and your group at markhain.com. That's M-A-R-C-H-A-I-N-E.com. Welcome back. We are having a fabulous conversation. I'm here with Jennifer Lehman. As you can tell, Jennifer and I are super keen about helping entrepreneurs and business managers just like you. So, If you belong to an industry association or an organization that is planning a conference or a leadership retreat or management training, and you feel that you could, that we could be of service, feel free to drop us a line or do a connection request. Our details are in the show notes. We are here to serve. Jennifer, when I, when I think about recruitment processes, you know, we talk so much about so many different things. Could we do a quick little summary of the marketing aspect within what we've been talking about. Can we just do a little package to kind of sum up what we've talked about today? Sure. I think 
The very first step is really looking at what you're saying in the job posting that is attractive to the applicant. You are selling this job to an applicant. So what what could you say that is appealing to them? I understand that you have things that you need, but they have needs as well. And how can you present this opportunity in a way that's going to meet some of their needs? The second thing is, if you're not sure about what all to put in that, ask the people who are working for you. Ask your fellow employees, if you belong to a network, a chamber network, or another business group or something, just sort of have an open discussion on it. Send out a businesses asking question and say, look, I'm looking for some ideas that I can promote the value of working here and we don't have benefits. What are some of the benefits that you offer? Get some of those different ideas or different ways of saying things down so that you can reference them and use them to your advantage. Find, and I, I've focused only on the job posting here in this discussion, and that's because that's your very first impression you're going to make with someone. So spend the time to do it well. And instead of comparing yourself to what everyone else is doing, pretend like you are the very best and only game in town and sell it based on your focus on yourself as opposed to the comparison. I love that. That was so good. <laughs> That's the first time I've done that on this show, just so you know. 166 episodes. That's great. <laughs> so... You know, anybody who watches the show knows that I am completely anti-band-aiding anything. And I know that there are tons of operators out there who get new information and it becomes kind of the policy or the procedure of the month. Are there any cautionaries we should be aware of when we start thinking about this idea of melding marketing within our HR recruitment practices? So I think one thing is don't go too far off the deep end. So don't promise the sky, the moon, the sun, and the stars. Keep it realistic, but use things to your advantage. So referencing the organization that wanted to lead with all the negative parts of the job to kind of get rid of the people who weren't interested. If you need to put parts of the job in that aren't everybody's favorite thing, that's fine. Put them in, but put them in subtly. Put them in not on your first couple of job duties. Let the person get excited about it, and they probably honestly won't even care that they have to do some things that are not their most favorite. Who wants to file every day? Nobody wants to do that. But they get, you have to do it. It's no big deal. So that would be one thing. And the second thing would just be, again, don't underestimate yourself. I find that a lot of businesses feel like it's boasting to talk about what they do, but you can say it in a professional way. Businesses are proud. Small business owners should be proud. Organizations who do amazing things in the community should be proud. It's okay to be proud. Just say, we're a great place to work. We're proud to work here. We'd love for you to work here. So have feel like you're having a bit of a conversation with the applicant in that description part. Love it. And if, for, if, for the audience, if you're tuning into this and hearing this thing about bragging, if you're really concerned about that, then tune into a past episode. Look for Lisa Bragg because we talk about using your voice to be able to brag in such a positive way that you influence decisions. This has been such a great conversation, Jennifer. Do you have any last thoughts about what we've been talking about today? So if you're nervous about it, I can tell you right now, what have you got to lose? Right now, you are 
doing something, not getting results, doing the same thing, not getting results. The worst thing, nothing worse is going to happen than that. So if you put something new out there that's a little bit more exciting, it's at least going to be better than that. So if you've got some people who are nervous about saying things in a different way or doing things in a different way, ask them, what is the worst thing that's going to happen here? What have we got to lose? If it doesn't work, we can try it again. If it does work, this is going to be something great for all of us. Yeah. And if it doesn't work, you've just wasted a little bit of time. But I bet you any money, if you try it and fail, you'll learn something. (laughs) I was just going to say that. You'll pick something else up that can help you the next time. Yeah. This has been brilliant. Jennifer, this has been so much fun. Could you remind everybody just one more time how they can get a hold of you? So the easiest way, just on the website, www.f as in Frank, W as in Walter, D as in David, the word think, T-H-I-N-K, And on the contact page, all of my details are there. Love it. Jennifer, thank you so much for sharing your ideas and your expertise with us today. It has truly been really, really brilliant. And I thank you for being such a great guest. (laughs) Well, I try hard. (laughs) I hope we'll have you back again. (laughs) Thank you. I would love to come back, Mark. Thank you. And thanks for the service that you're giving people through this podcast. I think it's great to have good information. I love the no band-aid approach that doesn't ever work. So congratulations to you for doing this. Thank you so much. Why don't you let me know if this was of value to you? As always, my offer stands. If you would like 30 minutes of my time to brainstorm your business with you and your team, feel free to book yourself on my online calendar. The link is in the show notes. It's the one that's marked meetwith.markhain.com. Couldn't be any easier. It would be my absolute honor for me to be of service. And while you're at it, please leave me a comment or a review about this episode. I'd love to hear your feedback. Was this of value to you? What else would you like to know about this topic? Thank you very much for joining me today. My name is Mark Hain. I hope that you stay safe, stay healthy, and I hope you dare to be the exception. Thank you for joining us this week on Experience Leadership. Make sure you visit markhain.com for a full directory of available episodes. While you're at it, if you found today's content valuable, please share it and tell your friends about the show. As Mark says, knowledge is power, but only if you share it. Be sure to tune in each week for the newest episode. Please stay safe, Stay healthy and dare to be the exception.